Uh, the scripture reading this evening is uh, from Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 4 through 14. And uh, if I were to pick one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament, boy, Philippians 3 would be right up there with one of my favorites. So hear the word of the Lord. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I may, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. The starting gun sounds, and off they go, across the grass and onto the pavement, up the hill and down the hill, across the bridge, around the pond, and, and back across the bridge. I'm describing for you a high school cross-country meet over at Eldridge Park nearby. Now, for uh, those of you who are runners, I mean, this is exciting. And for those of us who are not runners, who uh, go over there to see this event, I am just amazed at, at the stamina, at the effort, at the endurance, the discipline, and the perseverance exhibited in uh, these cross-country runners. You know, for countless hours, they have trained, alone or maybe silently with others. And finally, they get to compete and cheered on as they race. Now, I believe that uh, we can learn something from this, and so I've entitled the sermon, Cross Country Christianity. And uh, of course, this text that I read uh, could easily be turned into a sermon series. And so for this evening, I'm, I'm just going to uh, zero in on, on one important point, and uh, then we will look to this text to help 
unpack this point this evening. And so the theme of this message is simply press on in the faith. Press on in the faith. And the Apostle Paul, in this passage, uses running imagery to make a very important point about the spiritual life, our, our walk with Jesus Christ. He uses words like press on, goal, and prize, which were competition, running images that were uh, people clearly understood back then. Uh, but Paul uses these to help us understand what it means uh, to, to walk the Christian walk, or shall I say run the Christian walk. Uh, my three points this evening are simply the future, the present, and the year ahead. So first we begin with the future. The future. Keep the goal in view. Now, there are certain goals that you might have in life that you do achieve. But the goal that the Apostle Paul is talking about is something that for our entire lives, we're still going after this goal. So that's why I have entitled this The Future. Because wherever you are at in your walk with God, the goal to achieve, it is still there. Now, cross-country is, is full of goals. Uh, for the team, the goal, of course, is, is to win the meet. And there are certain rival teams you compete against where you just have a little more oomph to, uh, we want to we wanna win. Um, and then, of course, for each individual runner, there are very specific goals. Um, it is clear. Everything is timed. Um, you pace yourself. Uh, you seek to achieve your personal best. In a race. So what goals do you have in your life? What goals? You know, each year as a teacher, uh, the principal asks me to, to uh, write down some goals that I have as a teacher. We have this kind of spreadsheet that we look at and pick from, and then we add some of our own. And uh, this is submitted to the school. It's, it's used uh, in an effort, one effort, to keep teachers sharp to keep us thinking, how can we improve? What are our goals for the school year? What goals do you have for your life? As we look to this passage, what is the Christian's goal? That, that future goal? It is simply this. It is to know Jesus. To know Jesus. Verses 7 and 8, but whatever was to my prophet. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So what does it mean to know Jesus? Well, to become more like Jesus. To have the righteousness of Jesus not lay, just lay claim upon us through Jesus' death and resurrection, but actually have the righteousness of Jesus be worked out in our daily lives. It is Christ-like character that is being sown into to who we are and consequently how we live. To be more like Jesus is to walk in the power of the resurrection. Verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. 
To know Jesus is to die to self. To die to self. It says, And I want to know the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So often, sin is a trap. Quite frankly, sin can be enjoyable, at least in the short term. But it is always a trap. It, it ultimately sucks life out of us. But as we die to self and live for Jesus Christ, we become more and more free to live with that Christ-likeness, with Christ's character in our lives. And so, do you have this goal in view? The goal of, I want to know Jesus more. When you think about successful people in our world, successful people have goals. We hear stories about uh, great business titans or even other business people that they just have a goal. And they're driven by that goal, not necessarily the paycheck. It's, it's something within them that they want to be successful in this and, and they strive toward this goal. Uh, tomorrow starts uh, the U.S. Open. And of course, when you, when you think about any sport, the best athletes in a sport, sure, they might have natural talent, but the very best athletes have something more than natural talent, right? It is that goal to get better, to raise the standards higher, to achieve a higher standard of play. Now, to bring this down to a, a much smaller level, uh, my daughter this summer had a goal. The goal was to improve in tennis. Uh, last fall, she played volleyball. This fall, uh, she's going to play in the girls' tennis team. So she had this goal. And what was really cool about this, and, and the reason why it illustrates the point here, is that I did not once this summer say, Ellie, come on, let's play tennis. No. Every day she was available, she would come to me and say, all right, let's play tennis. And so she could walk over to Eldridge Park, play some tennis. I'm still better than her. At least one month. And we played tennis. And that was good. And then the next day, Daddy, let's play tennis. So what was happening? She had the goal. And it wasn't something kind of top-down, you know, you need to do this. It was in her heart. This is what she wanted. And since that goal was ahead of her, it then had a consequence for her actions. Let's go play tennis. And so we played tennis. And so tennis team came and she was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for the tennis team. Do you keep the goal of Christ-likeness on your mind? And you see here that the point isn't tonight for me to give you a guilt trip if you want to be a good Christian. You better do this. No. As, as we open up our hearts to God's work and humble ourselves before him, this is God's good work within us, this deposit within us that makes us want to know Jesus more. Is this something that is stirring in your heart these days, this goal to know Jesus? And, and if it's not, what kind of priority does it have? And, and how is God calling you to respond 
to this idea of always in the future, keeping that goal of knowing Jesus more. Well, second, the present, keeping a realistic view of self. Where are you at in the spiritual race? To be honest with where you're at is important to really challenge yourself to move forward. Uh, a good cross-country runner, of course, like other athletes, can never be satisfied. Oh, I'm fine in my running. I can, I can ease up now. I'm, I'm at a good place. No, if you're going to be good, you're, you understand where you're at, and you push yourself to succeed even more. Um, I have heard that a first-time runner in ninth grade if he or she really pushes themselves, by 12th grade, they can shave up to two minutes off of their mile time. Now, now that's significant. That's progress. And that's a runner who is not just satisfied, but continues to press on. Paul sees where he needs to grow in faith. All right. If the Apostle Paul says... I have not arrived, and I need to grow in faith. Just how much more is this call to you and I in this passage? And so verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Here's how I like to think about it. Christians should be 100% satisfied with God's grace. But we should never be satisfied with our response to God's grace. We should be totally at peace and have that assurance, 100% assurance, that we are God's children through Jesus Christ. But when it comes to living for Jesus on a day-by-day -day basis, we should never be satisfied. We should be like that athlete that is always pressing for a higher level. An accomplished musician, how much do they practice? They continue to practice for hours a day. I mean, they are so good. And yet, when they are working on a piece, they are not satisfied until it is the best. And if it takes hours a day to practice, even though they are one of the best, they will continue to put that time in. They keep pressing on. I had a friend in seminary. Well, in seminary, we had a group of friends. We'd hang out together. And one of the guys was kind of like the smartest. I mean, we were all smart, right? But one guy was the smartest. You just heard him talk. His vocabulary was at a higher level, okay? So uh, uh, we're uh, working on our papers, you know, we go talk to him, and he had his paper, and this was a good, you know, exegetical paper. And he's there working on the wording, like, oh my, really? But he was not satisfied with the wording in this paper, and he was not going to lay that paper to rest and until he worked over those sentences and he could say, all right, this is my best. 
he was, he was not satisfied with the, the first run-through of that paper. If we feel that we have arrived in our walk with God, then we are not in the place that God wants us to be in. Now, I'm a good God. And do you know, I read the Bible every day and nobody forces me to. And I, and I don't do it because I'm supposed to. I mean, I really want to do it. I, I want to be in God's word every day. Um, I'm, I'm a part of a church. I, I serve in the church. I give. You know, got the these basic bases covered. In fact, I'm doing pretty good. Well, God's challenge to me from this passage is, okay, fine, this is good, but how am I calling you to press on in the faith? How am I calling you to press on in the faith? And this is the question for each one of you. How is God calling you to not be satisfied with your response to God's grace? And how should you press on in the faith? Which leads us to uh, the last point this year. Keep pressing on. Don't give up. Uh, this year, this saying, this school year, uh, this you know, starting in September and on, how is God calling you to press on in the faith? Verse 12, again, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to, take, yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In cross country, uh, students over the, the summer are challenged to run a certain number of miles. Uh, this isn't necessarily exciting. You just gotta run these miles. And there's no crowds, nobody with you the whole way. Yay, go, go, go. You just you just run. So that when the season starts, you're in shape, you're ready to go, and then you can work on speed. It's just cross-country. Now, when it comes to pressing on as a Christian, uh, there are times that we need to think very specifically for, realistically, here's where I'm at in my walk with God. And how is God calling me now to press on in the faith? The beauty of this is when we approach this with humility, we are not on our own. A humble heart opens us up to the working of God's grace, to the moving of God's Holy Spirit to strengthen us and to lead us in his way. This isn't just a, a grit your teeth and get with the program, you lousy Christian. It is, it, is, it is a humble response to God, and it is a joy to see God at work in your life, leading you to the next place of spiritual maturity in Him. So how is God calling you to specifically press on? I'm going to end this evening with, uh, oh, a few suggestions. Some of these might resonate with you. 
Uh, some may not. Uh, when I'm with my students, you know, one of the basic things I start with is simply read the Bible every day. You need to hear God's voice speaking into your life every single day. So for some people, the pressing on is to make a commitment to be in God's word every day. And I start out with, listen, if you're doing nothing, at least do something. And when you're doing something, press on and maybe you, you read a little more. But of course, the, the, the goal isn't, oh, I read the Bible more than other people. The goal is to be sensitive to, to how God is, is stirring and, and working in your heart. Bible reading, of course, is, is one important thing. But as you think about this, and uh, as I read through kind of this list, listen and uh, consider how God might be speaking to you even this evening. Uh, more time in private worship. More time in confession of sin. More time in not just Bible reading, but Bible meditation. Going slower in the Bible and reflecting upon God's word and how God is speaking to you through it. Maybe it's personal Bible study where you Seek to delve deeper into God's word. Family devotions. Maybe they've trailed off a little. And the pressing on is to be more consistent with a family time of God's word and prayer. Perhaps it is action. Community service. Touching, reaching out, and touching the needs of the poor. Maybe it is being involved in a certain church ministry. Perhaps it is an accountability relationship. Maybe fasting. More faithful in giving. Solitude. Prayer walks. A simpler life. A better steward of creation. Better preparation for Sunday worship before you come here. Maybe it has to do with the Sabbath. How you treat Sabbath rest in your life. Maybe it's some other area that God is calling you to deny yourself. Or to be more self-controlled in. What is it here? This list, and it's not a, a complete list, but, but what is it where God is calling you to press on in the faith toward not just to do something, but to know Jesus more? Do you know what? Uh, this summer, I uh, went with our church's youth group to uh, this uh, Colorado challenge, and uh, when we were debriefing after the week, we were each challenged to say, all right, uh, what is God calling you to? And uh, do you know what my, my challenge was for me? Uh, I'm a person, uh, like many of you, I like to stay up with the news. And so uh, my little challenge to myself in pressing on, on in the faith, and this is not in the Bible. I'm not saying you have to do this. It's fine. Okay? Be clear. Uh, but I just noticed that uh, Sundays after church, 
I just immersed myself in the news. Okay, that's fine. But I was just challenged to say, you know what? Sunday afternoon, I'm going to give a Sabbath rest from the news. And when I, I kind of have a chair, I sit down in after lunch. The first thing I do when I sit in that chair is, is to just, is to rest. Maybe I'll fall asleep, this is fine. Uh, and to pray. And this was just kind of my little uh, challenge personally in, in pressing on in the faith. So how it looks for you could be different from everybody in this room. But the point is, we are not satisfied with where we are at in our response to God's grace. We have this goal. I want to know Jesus more. And how is God calling me to press on, to press on with energy, with passion, with cross country stamina. Amen.